Good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna from Wealthway Financial Advisors, coming to you live like we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what I'm talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. I'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interests ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. That's to reach out and help as many people as we can in the Hampton Roads listening area achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, uh, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSPs, 457s, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills, and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. And tonight we are going to talk about estate planning, some of the do's and don'ts of estate planning. What is it? What should you do about it? Why it's important to your overall financial plan? Estate planning is going to be the topic of the show tonight. So what is estate planning anyway. Broad category, big topic. Estate planning is the process of des designating who will receive your assets in the event of your death or incapacitation, usually done with the help of an attorney. And a well-constructed estate plan can help ensure that your heirs and beneficiaries receive assets in a way that manages and minimizes estate taxes, gift taxes, and other tax impacts. So an estate plan is the orderly, ordered, uh, orderly legal transfer of your ownership of assets after you grow, go to your great reward. Um, it's typically <laughs> one of the uh, last pieces of a fine, and I should say an estate plan is a important part of a financial plan, but it's usually one of the last pieces of the financial plan that uh, most people get around to, usually having to do with that 
you know, pesky idea of death and all and not such a pleasant topic. But really, estate planning is not something you do for yourself anyway. It is something that you do for your loved ones or your heirs or your beneficiaries. You do good estate planning for the other people who are going to receive the assets that you want to transfer to them. Uh, a lot of times people, uh, we will see, uh, take a cavalier approach to estate planning that, uh, you know, I'll let the kids fight over it when I'm gone. You know, I, that's not my problem. They, there's plenty of money there. They'll figure it out. No, no, they typically don't figure it out, at least not in a healthy, productive way. Um, when mom and dad die without an, uh, an estate plan or without good components of an estate plan, then it's uh, up to the adult kids to try to figure out what mom and dad's wishes were. And without an estate plan to guide them or without written instructions um, from a will or bound in a drawer somewhere, uh, we often sit with the inheritors uh, who are distraught trying to figure out what mom or dad would have wanted me to do with these assets and how should I share them with my siblings and what about the grandkids? Are they supposed to get any of this? All those questions swirl around the inheritor when there is not a organized, complete estate plan. And so you really do a disservice to your family and to your heirs by just thinking it's not your problem, it's their problem. It will become their problem, that is for sure. And, and often it can fray the bonds of a family structure if not handled appropriately. Uh, misconceptions, misunderstandings, jealousy, family dynamics, all that comes into play when the inheritors are kind of left to their own devices to figure out what you wanted uh, from an estate plan and who you wanted to get, uh, who you wanted to receive, which of your assets. So, so a, an estate plan is a responsible, important part of an overall financial plan. We at Wealthway, Wealthway do not create estate planning documents. Those are usually legal documents um, uh, drawn up by a competent uh, professional estate planning attorney. That's who we recommend all our clients uh, go to at some point in our planning process. Uh, we always put a friendly reminder on our agenda if our clients have not uh, developed an estate plan yet. And then we have referral relationships with uh, some good estate planning attorneys here in the Hampton Roads area. So, so that's the importance of an estate plan. Now, the main components of your traditional, typical, basic estate plan are usually come in four parts. You got your will, which most everyone is familiar with. Will is typically a written document that is the uh, instruction manual on who you want to get and how you want them to receive your assets. Uh, it doesn't always have to be written. Uh, it can be handwritten. It can sometimes be verbal, but we would never recommend those sources, even though they might be legally accepted because there is too much room for doubt, too much uh, room for error. So a well-drafted will by a competent estate planning attorney uh, is your first step to uh, a solid estate plan. Then um, 
Another component of an estate plan that is important, financial power of attorney. Financial power of attorney document uh, allows you or allows somebody else to act as your attorney, in fact, to represent you in certain financial dealings. Like, for instance, um, you own, uh, you have a bank account um, in your name only, but you sign somebody else as your power of attorney to conduct business on your behalf. So that person that you give the financial power attorney to can go to the bank and say, I need to withdraw $50,000 on behalf of um, uh, my friend here who uh, I am his power of attorney. And you can conduct business on behalf of other people in, in the event that you uh, become incapacitated. So you're in a bad auto accident, uh, you have a disease, you're in the hospital for an extended period of time, you can't pay your bills, uh, the financial engine keeps running behind the scenes, uh, even though you can't attend to it. So by having a financial power of attorney, that allows somebody to step into your place and take care of the financial business uh, so that the bills stay paid and uh, your, your credit and debt stays in good order. Then uh, the third component of a solid estate plan, medical power of attorney. So this is a document that, uh, and, a, and a power that you would give to another person who would be able to make uh, medical decisions on your behalf uh, in the event that you can't. So again, you're in the hospital, maybe an auto accident, incapacitated, um, not conscious, not able to speak, not able to make your uh, decisions for yourself on what type of care and treatment that you want, then a the person who you give the medical power of attorney to can intercede on your behalf and work with the medical staff to ensure that your wishes, needs, and cares are met if you can't speak for yourself. And then along the same lines, the fourth component of a good estate plan, advanced medical directive, otherwise known as a living will. Uh, so these are instructions that you provide uh, to, in advance, typically, uh, to medical personnel that lay out your wishes on what you would like to happen in the event that you remain incapacitated for an extended period of time. So the most common um, example that we think of is if you're in a coma and how long would you want to be kept alive in, a, uh, in the state of being in a coma? Um, a lot of times we hear six months as the default. Some people feel longer, some people feel shorter. That's a personal choice, and that's just one of the main um, instructions that you find in advanced medical directive, but there can be others, especially if you have certain um, uh, views and beliefs about medicine and medical procedures and what you would like to be treated with and how you would like to be treated. All that should go in an advanced medical directive. So no one has to read your mind. No one has to guess. No one has to think, what would dad have wanted? Dad puts it in the advanced medical directive, takes the burden off the kids, off the spouse, and, and keeps harmonious uh, family relationships. All right, talking to state planning tonight. I'm going to pause right here, take a short break. If you want to jump in on this conversation or anything having to do with your own personal finances, give me a call on studio line 627 7979. 
I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. To Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about estate planning, the importance of it, and how to do it wisely and effectively. I uh, just went through the four main components of a basic estate plan. Now, how about some steps to creating that plan? How do you even get to the will process? What do you put in, in your will? What type of uh, assets and property do do you typically find in a will that you want to transfer? Well, it starts with an inventory, inventory of the stuff that you have. And the stuff that you have is generally broken down into two main categories, tangible personal property, tangible assets, and intangible assets. So tangible assets are stuff you can look, see, touch, homes, land, real estate of almost any kind, vehicles, Cars, motorcycles, boats, collectibles, coins, art, antique, trading cards, and other personal possessions, grandma's jewelry, uh, the the china set, uh, <laughs> if you want to pass those along. A lot, a lot of adult kids say, Mom, to just get rid of that. I don't want the doilies, right? I don't, I don't want all the china. But anyway, any uh, um, sentimental um, um, personal property that you want to transfer, uh, would go into a will. Uh, then intangible assets. So checking and savings accounts, uh, CDs, a lot of those um, financial assets that you probably own, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, um, insurance policies, uh, your retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSPs, health savings accounts, if you um, uh, have one of those, and then any ownership interests in a business. So start by taking an inventory of the uh, main assets that you own. Anything with a title or a deed uh, would be appropriate for transfer. Uh, and that's where you start um, listing what you want to transfer in your will. Now, uh, getting a little ahead of myself here, but a lot of the intangible assets, the bank accounts, the brokerage accounts, the stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, the 401k accounts, the health savings accounts, all, all those vehicles can transfer via a beneficiary designation instead of a will. And so a beneficiary designation is a really simple, easy, and cheap way to do some rudimentary estate planning. Uh, usually on a form, or now I guess on a website, when you open up a bank account, or you open up a brokerage account, or you open up an IRA, um, there's a place to list a beneficiary. And the beneficiary is the person who will receive the contents of that account in the event of your death. Um, 
it is the most efficient form of transfer in the state planning process because the ben your beneficiary just needs to uh, show up with uh, essentially a death certificate and maybe uh, an ID, and the assets get transferred from the decedent's uh, account into the inheritor's account, usually in a matter of weeks, um, less than a month a lot of times. Uh, compare that to probating an estate and and take you through the probate process, which is a legal uh, transfer of assets through the court system, uh, that can be months or sometimes even years before probate gets settled. So beneficiary designations on those accounts, I'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, also, so also some the liabilities as well that you own, not just what you own, but what you owe, mortgage, car loans, credit cards. Uh, now, you know, it, that's good to know for the executor of your state. Um, those people that you owe a debt to have a claim against your estate so that um, when you pass away, if the mortgage, if you still uh, owe a mortgage on your house, then at some point that mortgage has to get paid off completely, uh, either th through the other assets in your estate or through the sale of your primary residence, the proceeds from that sale will go to satisfy the mortgage. So debtors have a claim against the assets in the estate. And so your executor, the person who administers your estate, um, should be aware of those because those, uh, those debtors are going to come calling. All right, so after you sort of make a list of what you own and what you owe, then you want to sort of account for your family's needs. Like, big part of estate planning is making sure that your loved ones have enough to maintain their, their standard of living in the event of your um, untimely demise. So a lot of that has to do with um, life insurance. And in the early years, when you're younger, have a spouse, family, mortgage, car loans, have college to pay for in the future, life insurance is a very uh, necessary and efficient vehicle to give your family protection in the event of uh, an early death. As life goes on, you do your financial planning properly, the need for life insurance typically depre decreases. Uh, but know that accounting for your family needs um, in the event of your demise is a, is a good uh, exercise to go through for an estate plan. And then, of course, you want to make uh, you want to make a will. Uh, you, oh, name guardians for your children. So if your children are under age of eighteen, and you and your spouse were uh, killed in a common accident, then who's going to take care of the kids? Well. That's what the guardian does. And you name or appoint a guardian in the event that you cannot care for your kids. Typically, it's a close family member that you would name as a guardian. And you would also want to ask that person's permission uh, to list them as a guardian uh, before you actually do that. Because it goes without saying that would be a massive responsibility in the unlikely event that that were to occur. But uh, good uh that's a big component of accounting for family needs. Uh, and then after we do that, then we want to establish the directives or the directions. Um, who's going to get what, when, how? Um, a lot of that uh, I talked about in the initial 
components of an estate plan that's taken care of uh, from the will, uh, medical care directive, durable fi uh, financial power of attorney, limited power of attorney, um, and sometimes a trust is appropriate as well. I got more on estate planning, but right now we got to pause right here, take a break for the news. We're going to be right back in a few minutes. If you want to get in on the conversation here, give me a call in the studio line 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is to just send you the information that you request. Or if you have some nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, give us a call at the office, 456 2200. I want to remind everybody our next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, August 22nd. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., then get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you where you go, and listen when you're ready. And if you're into social media, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, hit that like button, and usually once a week we have a, a relevant financial planning post that we put up so you can stay engaged. All right, tonight we're talking about estate planning, the importance of it, how to do it, how to do it effectively, uh, and some uh, do's and don'ts on what to watch out for. Before I jump into more of that material, we got a caller on the line. We have Ron in Chesapeake. Good evening, Ron. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for the call. Good evening. Hi, Ron. Hello. Hey, my, my question was, uh, you talked about beneficiaries. Um, you know, there's a, I guess you could do a pay on death on bank statements and stuff like that. How does that differ than the traditional beneficiary? Right. Or does it? Yeah, good question. It doesn't uh, differ that much at all. It accomplishes the same objective. Uh, sometimes the financial institution kind of, calls their transfer process uh, something a little bit different. Um, yeah, typically, um, you don't have beneficiaries technically on a, um, 
on an individual bank account, but you would set it up as a transfer on death or payable on death to another individual. And so the mechanism is the same, but the wording is just a little bit different. But it, it's it's pretty much the same thing. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for the question, Ron. Yep. That's a, that's a common one that you find at banks is they don't call it a beneficiary a lot of times. Uh, transfer on death, payable on death. Uh, usually you have to request it special. They don't automatically uh, set it up for you, um, but it usually requires just a, a name and some signatures. And I should say, whoever you name as a beneficiary, typically they want a little bit more, more information than a name, the usual name, rank, and serial number, name, address, social security number, birth date, um, email, phone number, somebody, you know, way to get in touch with that person. Um, if necessary. So a uh, little bit more than just a name is what you want to uh, use uh, for a beneficiary. And along those lines, before the break, I was talking about, you know, the next step in the financial planning process or the estate planning process, establishing those directives or directions through the will or trust or medical directive or power of attorney. Uh, important point to note there is um, of the two power of attorney components of a good estate plan, a medical power of attorney or financial power of attorney, they can be two separate people, two separate and distinct people. You don't have to have your medical power of attorney and your financial power of attorney be the same person. In many instances, you probably don't want them to be the same <laughs> uh, person. Um, the medical power of attorney, somebody who probably knows you fairly intimately, um, is close to you in close physical proximity to you. So a lot of times it's a spouse or adult children. Um, but somebody who is boots on the ground, if you uh, have to go to a hospital, they need to be close by to give instruction to medical personnel. They can't be, uh, you know, in, in Nebraska or something like that and effectively uh, be your medical power of attorney. Uh, so that could be one person. And then the financial uh, power of attorney doesn't have to be quite as uh, close in, in approximation um, physically, but that should be somebody who's rather astute in financial matters. So, you know, if you, if you have certain kids that are better with money than others, then the ones that are better, you probably want to name them as your, one of those as your financial power of attorney. So two separate people, uh, two different types of power of attorney. Okay, now on to uh, the beneficiaries, like I talked about earlier, and was just talking a little bit about Ron, how they, with Ron, how they work. So once you set up beneficiaries on accounts, you, a lot of times it's set it and forget it. You do it one time at the setup of an account, and then you don't check it again <laughs> pretty much ever. Uh, so when there is a life event, marriage, birth of children, divorce, job change, uh, that's a good time, good opportunity to revisit the beneficiary designations that you set up on retirement accounts, uh, insurance uh, products like life insurance, um, brokerage accounts, IRA accounts, uh, all those accounts that normally come with the beneficiary designation kind of as default. Those need to be kept up to date and refreshed because if you, most people put their spouse as their primary beneficiary on the account, if you get divorced and you fail to remove your ex-spouse as beneficiary, 
a lot of times, and I, this is a little bit beyond my competency because it's in the legal realm, uh, a lot of times the ex-spouse who's still listed on the beneficia- as beneficiary would inherit your, your account uh, and disinherit your second spouse, say, if that was part of the picture, if you don't change the beneficiary. So they're important to stay up with, stay up uh, with, and make changes as necessary as needs and circumstances change along the way. And don't leave any beneficiary sections blank, because if an account goes through probate, it could be distributed based on state's rules for who gets the property instead of who you intend to get the property. And then oftentimes with beneficiary designations, there's a primary and secondary beneficiary listed on account. Primary or contingent beneficiary is another word that's used. And the contingent beneficiary is somebody in the event that your primary beneficiary predeceases you, then that contingent beneficiary steps up from the number two spot into the number one spot. And it just, while the, the, the odds are very low typically of that happening, it's a good fun, estate planning pro- practice to always name um, primary beneficiaries and contingent beneficiaries uh, on all these accounts. So make sure you stay up to date with the beneficiaries and know that, uh, once again, it is the easiest, quickest, fastest, cheapest way to transfer assets at your death. And for people who have relatively simple estates, I would say we, we often see that sometimes 90% of your a state can transfer via beneficiary designation, and there's only uh, some minor um, items like uh, a car. Even, even um, my understanding is that uh, you could put, I don't know the exact term, but it has the same effect as a beneficiary designation on a, a deed to property of your house so that it transfers uh, outside the probate process. Uh, and again, quickly, efficiently, and cheaply. So just know that that's available as well. All right, after you've buttoned up all your beneficiaries, then you better know what uh, you're dealing with from a tax standpoint, whether that be inheritance tax or an estate tax. Now, most people overwhelmingly are not subject under current law to a federal estate tax because we all have an exemption right now that this year is worth almost uh, $13 million per person. So unless your state is over $13 million, uh, then you are not going to pay any federal estate tax. Um, And there is no inheritance tax at the federal level either. So the people who receive your assets, your so your beneficiaries and your loved ones and your heirs who receive that, there is no um, federal estate uh, inheritance tax. However, at the state level, there can be both. There can be a tax on the value of your estate when you pass, and or there can be a tax on the inheritance that gets passed to your heirs or beneficiaries. Now, in Virginia and North Carolina, because we reached down there as well, there is no state estate tax or inheritance tax, 
But uh, that's a state-by-state -state basis, and generally speaking, you don't want to die in New Jersey um, because I think you're subject to both and a long, <laughs> tied-up probate process as well. So they are not very – it's like a jobs program for estate planning attorneys, I think, in, in New Jersey. But um, uh, there can be some state taxes at the inheritance level, but not here in Virginia or in uh, North Carolina. Uh, and so – something to be mindful of there and while an estate plan a will can be drawn up by an individual it does not have to be done by an attorney or an estate planning attorney um, it can be handwritten by yourself uh, ideally it would need to be witnessed by somebody else as well um, there are a lot of informal methods of creating a will and an estate plan, but we would not recommend any of those because typically the estate is a relatively, well, it's, it's, it's the culmination of your life's accumulation. You know, all the assets that you own, all the bank accounts, all the investment accounts, and it's usually a sizable sum. So when, when you have a large number that you're looking to preserve, and pass efficiently, uh, it's usually wise to invest in professional advice, counsel, um, and activities to ensure that uh, you have a proper will, that it follows current law, um, that all the other directives that you set up, the medical power of attorney, the financial power of attorney. Uh, if there is a need for trust, and I'll, I'll get into trust a little bit more before the end of the show because a lot of people are usually interested in those. But the language around the estate plan is good and proper and legal. Go to an estate planning attorney, pay a few thousand dollars for a basic estate plan. It's a good investment for the amount of most estates. All right, I got to pause right here, take a break. Sheila, I see you out there in Chesapeake. When I come back from the, uh, from the break here, um, We'll catch up and we'll talk. Uh, get those calls in now, 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about estate planning, how to do it effectively, why it's important, and what you should do about it if you want to keep peace in your family after you go. Uh, right now we're going to go out to Chesapeake and speak with Sheila, who has a question on the subject matter. Good evening, Sheila. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks so much, and thank you for being on the air and giving some advice on, on this subject, and, and I hope it's on topic. Um, but a friend of mine in Norfolk uh, found out that the HOA board person uh, went into the court clerk and took over, uh, applied to take over as administrator of probate 
she had not done probate, she was told that she did not need to because primarily her mother had uh, her home, and she had notified the board, and, uh, the, and they asked for the will, so they should have been aware there was a will, but they stated to the clerk that there was no will, and were able to get administrative, I'm not sure what you call it, it's not executor, it's something else, and, and I wondered, what what is your advice on that, because I know my sister has done the same in Florida, which may be different, but um, there are some estates where you think it's small enough, and you have things named in the will that you don't necessarily need to do probate, but maybe you do. Um, I'm not sure um, what you think about that as far as somebody else being able to swoop in like that. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I'm following that. You see, yeah, somebody swoop in like that. No, there's there's rarely any swooping in like that. Somebody is named as an executor of a will. That's part of when you do a will, you name an executor. Uh, the executor, all it takes is being executor of somebody's estate one time, and then you learn firsthand ex- exactly the importance of good estate planning because the executor's job is a uh, heavy one. Um, that is the person who is responsible for following the instructions in the will and distributing the property um, according to the, the um, wishes in the will. Um, to the right people in the right amounts. Um, And so it helps to be relatively financially sophisticated uh, to be that executor. But uh, so so that's the person who kind of controls the administration of the estate unless, as you kind of pointed out, uh, unless property has to pass via probate and then that's a legal process and the legal system and a judge uh, determine the distribution of assets at that point. But somebody swooping in outside of that, uh, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, can I just inter- interject this one thing? I was uh, an executor, the executor of my grandmother's estate back in, I don't know, 2012. So it was many, many years ago. But I had, I went, uh, long story short, I went to Arizona to wrap up this because nobody knew a darn thing and come to find out her sister, who had been estranged of three years, swooped in and uh-huh. sold vehicles, had yard sales, had everything <laughs> sold, claimed there was nothing and then the only reason we found out is because uh, she was trying to basically sell the house for what was left on the mortgage. And a lawyer mm-hmm. heard about it and realized that there were next of kin and stopped everything and said, whoa, 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 you're not allowed to touch anything. You have no rights to nothing. You're just a sister. So how, I'm the yeah, next of kin. Yeah. So how was she allowed to sell property she, that was not owned by yeah. her and was was owned ostensibly, I guess, by your grandmother? Yes. That, right. Yeah. In this example. She forged her name. She okay. went to the DMV. Right. Well, that's and fraud. For, yep. She absolutely okay. fraudulent. Okay. We talked to a lawyer and he basically said we would have to, it's going to be tough because you're going to have to prove your grandmother owned stuff that you can't prove she owned. So when we got there, there was nothing in the house yeah. and we heard all the family jewelry was all gone. It's all costume jewelry. And this person was just a really, you know, well, long story short, we found out that, you know, there's a reason we live halfway across the country from these folks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Sheila, did, did, did does that know. make sense or do you have something to add there? Well, it, it does, and, and she is the executor of the will, but she was told because the will was just mainly the house that she did not have to do probate. Meanwhile, a, a board member of the HOA went to the clerk of the court and claimed there was no will and put him as administrator through probate. And so now they're having to go to court, and she's having all these, you know, this cost mm-hmm. and time and stress. Um, because somebody else came and claimed a spot that was not theirs. Yeah, okay. So all I can really say is, yes, once you get into the estate administration process, 
all kinds of people come out of the woodwork <laughs> and not all are well-intentioned. Um, you know, it's almost sometimes it's kind of crude, but, you know, vultures picking at a carcass. Um, people see money and then they and, and, and the rightful owner is now deceased. So uh, it makes it a lot easier for people um, to sort of who have yeah. ill intent to victimize people. Yeah, right. 100%. So now I'm not saying that that's happening in this case uh, at all. We don't know enough of the facts about that. But but I am but I am saying it's it's a complicated process. Um, there are a lot of moving parts. Hence, you if, if ever anyone serves as an executor one time, you know how complicated it can be, and the messier and the more incomplete an estate plan, the harder it is on the executor. Okay, and so, but then beforehand, you would have some advice for somebody, um, but then afterwards, would you say to just go ahead and go through probate or at least make sure you're known to them so that somebody can't come in and do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with the probate process. It just, it takes longer and it costs more. Uh, but mm. it is it is the legal transfer process that we all have available to us. Um, usually, we try to avoid it because there are cheaper, quicker ways of transferring okay. assets. But uh, where when things get sticky uh, or dicey, or um, you know, you question some people's motives, then sometimes probate process, probate court, is the best place to to work it out. Sure. And, and I think probably the takeaway for everybody listening and myself is that you need to have that estate planning in place to avoid all the stickiness. This is not a DIY project. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I said to her after this. I said, get a lawyer. This is not DIY. Yeah. So. Right. And Do- avoid HOAs. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. It's on me. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for the call, Sheila. Yeah, you know, I said earlier, like, it, you can do a fair amount of estate planning yourself, uh, but you just because you can doesn't mean you should. A lot of things in finance, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And estate uh, planning is one of those things you should not try to do yourself. There's just too many nuances, too many legal wrinkles, um, and too much uh, opportunity for for messing things up. And as I said at the outset of the show, you know, the, the, the one of the best gifts that you can give to your family, your heirs, and your loved ones is an efficient estate plan. Uh, because without it, the inheritors, the heirs, often are left grasping for what did mom or dad want? How did they want us to receive? Who did they want to get... Uh, the you know the heirlooms, um, though all those things, those questions don't get answered unless you have a good estate plan. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Be back in two weeks on Tuesday, August twenty second. Until then, I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk seven ninety WNIS. was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.